<clears throat> okay. Well, good evening. Uh, we're going to continue on in our Truth for Living series, uh, which is a catechism that we're going uh, through that's corresponding with the Kids for Truth that the kids are going through in the back. Um, let's go ahead and review our five questions that we've already went through, and then we're going to continue on with the sixth question tonight. And of course, these questions that we've been going through, we're going through a theme that is about the greatness of God. And we're talking, of course, about his attributes and how he is uh, greater than us and, and how he is great. So question one, does God reveal in his word that he is greater than us? And this is the simplest answer we've come across so far. Yes. And we see in Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Question two is, what is our great God like? And from this answer stems a few more questions that come from this. And the answer is, our great God is invisible, eternal, all-powerful, all-wise, and always everywhere at once. Job 40, verse 9 says, Have you an arm like God? Can you thunder with a voice like his? Question 3. Did God ever have a beginning, or will he ever have an end? If the answer, no. God is eternal. He always has been alive and always will be alive. And so we discussed God's eternality, his, how he has no beginning and no end. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, Christ says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come the Almighty. Question four, does the Lord ever give up, get tired, or change in any way? The answer was no. The Lord is unchanging, eternally great in every way. And so in that week, we discussed God's immutability, his unchanging uh, ways, and that he's also impassable, meaning that um, He's not changed or persuaded, and that his moral consistency guarantees his commitment and to his unchanging principles. And we saw in Malachi 3, verse 6, the beginning of that, God saying, For I, the Lord, do not change. And two weeks ago, we discussed God's substance. In question five, does God have a body like human beings do? And we answered, no, God is a spirit, invisible to our human eyes. And we referenced the verse from John four twenty four: God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And so continuing on talking about God's attributes, how God is um, great, and how it broke everything down in question two, how 
our great God is invisible. We spoke about that, how he is spirit. Eternal, how God is um, never changing and how he has no beginning and no end. And tonight we're going to talk about how he is all-powerful. Question six says, how powerful is God? Do we have uh, anybody that would like to take a shot at answering this? How powerful is God? All-powerful. Okay. Omnipotent. Okay. So the answer is God is omnipotent, which means he is all-powerful and can do anything he pleases. And so we'll make sure we go back and focus on that he does anything he pleases um, after we talk about what God's power is. So Jeremiah 32, verse 17, Jeremiah says in a prayer, Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Jeremiah starts his prayer by thinking about God's attributes, by going and thinking particularly about God's omnipotence, that God is all-powerful, that God can do anything that, of course, what he pleases to do. So we're going to be talking about God's power and what does it mean to, that God is omnipotent. So omnipotence comes from Two Latin words, omni, meaning all, and potens, which means powerful. So God possesses all power, and there's nothing too hard for him. As Jeremiah said, there's nothing too hard for God. God refers to himself also as all-powerful and when he refers to himself as God Almighty, which is El Shaddai, referring to his supreme power, that he is the mighty God. So God's power is, first of all, infinite. It's unlimited. It's boundless. God's power has no limit. There's nothing that he cannot do outside of his will. There's nothing too hard for him. He is able to do much more than he actually even reveals. And we see that in an example in Matthew 3, 9, when John the Baptist, uh, when he's rebuking the Pharisees, and the Pharisees are saying, well, we're the sons of Abraham. We're the children of Abraham. And John the Baptist replied saying that God himself could turn these stones into children of Abraham. And so God's potential is unlimited in what he can do. We see this in Genesis 18, verse 14. When God comes and promises Abraham a son... And Sarah laughs and says, well, 
how can an older woman, how can a barren lady have a child? And God's reply was a response about who he is rather than what Sarah was trusting in. And Sarah was trusting in the flesh. Sarah was looking to the flesh. But God said that he has power over all creation, over all flesh, and that he could make it happen. We see this also with another barren lady that is Elizabeth, Mary's cousin. When the angel comes and speaks to Mary saying that your cousin that's barren is going to have a child, he says that there is nothing impossible with God. There's nothing that can stop God from doing what he pleases. Jeremiah 32:27. when God replies to Jeremiah in the prayer that uh, we were reading at our first verse that we went over, God replies saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? He confirms what Jeremiah was, what was revealed to Jeremiah. He confirms and says, you know, there's nothing that is too hard for me to do. And he was speaking about how he had power over the nations. Although the Chaldeans were coming in and were going to burn every aspect of Israel and that Nebuchadnezzar was going to come down and God said, I am in control. Nothing is too hard for me. Not only is God's power infinite, it's unstoppable. That there's nothing that can come and resist God's power. God's power is irresistible. And whatever God wills, whatever God desires to happen, will happen. We see this in Isaiah 14, 27. For the Lord of hosts has purposed and who will annul it? And who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? If God sets out to do something, who's going to put a stop to it? Who's going to uh, slap his hand? If, if God is going to outstretch his hand, who's going to slap it away and say, no, you can't do that? But this is showing that God is sovereign through his omnipotence, that he is in control and all-powerful over his creation. Psalm 115, verse 3, our God is in the heavens, and he does all that he pleases. Now, as I said before, that God does or can do anything and that he will do anything that he wants to according to his will, we have to understand that he is not going to do anything contrary to his attributes, contrary to who he is. And so we see that in Scripture saying that God cannot be tempted. God cannot lie. And so there's things that God cannot do, but it's not because it's impossible, because of his character and who he is. Job 
42, verses 1 through 2. Job answered to the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Job recognized God's omnipotence and that he knew that God can do all things and nothing could stop him. Daniel verse, or chapter 4, verse 35, Nebuchadnezzar rose up in pride and thought that he called himself almighty and God humbled him, took him out to a field, his hair grew, his nails grew, he ate grass like an ox. But when after Nebuchadnezzar came to repentance, he said, all the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing. And he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, what have you done? Nebuchadnezzar turns to God and exalts him for how God is all-powerful and God is in control over everything. That no one can come and stop God's hand or even question what God has done. And Job, or, and Nebuchadnezzar learned that after standing up and, and equating himself as a God and being humbled. He knew that there is only one Most High. And, and Nebuchadnezzar called God the Most High. So God's power is infinite, without limit. It's unstoppable. It's irresistible. And it's everlasting. God's power doesn't diminish. It doesn't tire. It doesn't, God doesn't have to put effort into what he does. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He spoke it into existence. He didn't have to come and, and build it block by block. He didn't have to come in and exert effort. But instead, his power was more than sufficient to do as he pleases and to, to accomplish what he desires. We see in Isaiah 40, verse 28, Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. God doesn't get tired or run out of energy or run out of power. God isn't someone who, like us, if we would have to work and, and move something from here to there, we'd have sweat. We would be tired. We would expound, we would, we would lose our energy. But God can raise up the mountains and Throw the mountains in the sea with no effort. So how is God's power displayed? God's power is displayed in many ways and recorded through the scriptures that we can see evidence of God's power, that evidence that God is the almighty, that God is 
all-powerful over all things. We see this in creation. As I said before, that Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That God spoke creation into existence. God's all-powerful in that he can create. We can see that Paul writing in Romans chapter 1, verse 20, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. God's power and divine nature, his omnipotence is shown in creation. That when we look out and we see all that is made and even the, the expanse of the universe, that it would t- be impossible for us to, to go and explore even all of the universe, that all of that was made and is under his control. And so God's omnipotence is shown in the vastness of creation and the, in the, the complexity of creation. God's power is also shown throughout Scripture through his miracles. That God was the, the, the one that delivered Israel out of Egypt. That there was miracles shown. That even there was with Elijah, there was miracles. All throughout, there was signs and wonders. There was things that were showing that God is the only true God and that he is all-powerful over all things. Deuteronomy 10, verse 21. He is your praise. He is your God. Who has done for you these great and terrifying things that you have seen? All of these things that they saw and experienced coming out of Egypt. Imagine that the sea was parted. Imagine all of the, the plagues that happened. God used these to show his omnipotence, to show his power. Eliphaz responding to Job after Job cursed the day of his life. Job is saying, curse the day that I was born. He responded by saying, as for me, I would seek God, and to, and to God would I commit my cause, who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number. He recognized that God, being great, shows his greatness through doing great things, that marvelous, wonderful miracles show God's power. We see that God's power is also displayed in his sovereignty over government. God is in control over who is king and who is not king. Over who's over the different countries and, and who's in power and who wins a war. And God is in control and powerful over all of that. In Daniel 2.21 He changes times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. 
He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. It's God who raises up leaders and tears down leaders. Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. I think of Sennacherib when um, the message when the message was given to Sennacherib saying God, God said to Sennacherib I have a hook in your nose I can pull you up and I can pull you down who are you to think that you can do whatever you you know what, what you will but I'm the one that is sovereign over you I have all power God said that he is all-powerful. And God's power is displayed in something much more powerful, salvation. That God can take someone who is spiritually dead and bring life. That God can deliver us out of trouble and deliver us from death. Deliver us from the power of death and the power of sin. Isaiah 43 Verses 11 through 13. I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you, and you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Also, henceforth, I am He. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work, and who can turn it back? That salvation is made possible through God and God alone. We see this when Jesus was asked, well, who can be saved? Jesus looked at them, verse, or Matthew nineteen twenty six. Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. That salvation is made possible by God's power and God's power alone. And as we look forward to the hope of not only being born again and being changed, but we look for the future hope of shedding this flesh, God has, God's power is displayed in the resurrection of the dead. We see this through when Jesus, when Jesus raised up Lazarus. We see this also when Jesus being dead in the tomb for three days is raised to life. That there's new life given by God. 1 Corinthians 6.14 And God raised the Lord and will also raise up, up us up by his power. It's by God's omnipotent power that he raises the dead. Paul knew this when he was talking about how he was seeking out Christ's righteousness alone, how he was putting away all of his own works, counting them as nothing. He continues to say that, that I may know, in Philippians 3, 10 through 11, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Paul had the hope of the coming resurrection. And he strived 
in faith to seek after knowing Christ more and more, that he would know the resurrection from the dead. And so the power that was displayed in resurrection is said to be even more powerful than when Christ first, or when through Christ God created the heavens and the earth. So God's power is ultimately displayed through Christ Jesus. That all things were made through him. That miracles were done through him. That even though he was put forth under um, in trial, he said that I can call down legions of angels. He said that the only power given to you is given from the Father above. Christ is the only way through of salvation. And the power of salvation is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the resurrection of the dead is made possible through Jesus Christ. That Jesus is the resurrection in the life. And he is the firstborn among many. So our question, how powerful is God? God is omnipotent, which means he is all-powerful and can do anything as he pleases. And one final thing that God is not going to do something contrary to his character. Even though God's power is infinite, his power is always exercised according to his holy will. And our verse for this week is Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. Ah, the Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth. By your great power, by your outstretched arm, there's nothing too hard for you. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, that we can come to you, the all-powerful God, the God of creation, the God of salvation, the God of life. Lord, through you, you make things possible. We thank you, Lord, that you being all-powerful would come to us to be our strength and our weakness. Lord, I pray that you would remind us of, your, of who you are when we come to you in prayer, just as Jeremiah did, being reminded that you are all-powerful. All who can thwart your plans? Who can come and stop you? Thank you, Lord, for who you are and revealing yourself to us. And through Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Have a good evening and have a wonderful night. Thank you for joining us.